Greetings everybody, I am Ioana Muska, your host. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole, a podcast with interviews of people in Mumbai. Today's guest is Niki Ludupa, a marine engineer by education and co-founder of Control Altili, the biggest crowd-funded music festival in India. I first asked him to point out a place in Mumbai he loves and he said, well, funny thing you should ask. We're going to do a gig at Above the Habitat in Car. So off I went to a national rapper's competition in a venue full of vibrant hip-hop fans and responsible alcohol consumers. Here is a sample of how the evening went. Just be open-hearted, this is hip-hop, you're here for a hip-hop event, this is not some random commercial whatever thing, these are 10 MCs who are going to come out and give you their heart and soul. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation and welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast, uh, Niki Ludupa. How Glad are you? Glad to be here. I'm great. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, can you tell me a few words about Above the Habitat in Car? We just listened to a couple of minutes of it. Uh, Above the Habitat is probably my favorite music venue in uh, Bombay right now. Uh, I really think it kind of plays a central role uh, in our lives because uh, we are in the business of music and promoting independent music. Uh, I can't think of a more honest venue in Bombay that allows access to all and you know irrespective of uh, age class uh, irrespective of any kind of standing if you are a music lover and you can afford to buy the ticket price and you can go there and uh, mostly it's never expensive and they've almost they've tried to like introduce so many ways of making it not a club or not a venue that you need to like you know wear certain clothes only and then be able to reach there so I think it uh, has really democratized the independent music scene here and uh, it's very genre agnostic so you can end up there on any given day and uh, hear a bunch of acts and uh, they allow uh, different promoters to come and bring in their own acts and promote their own shows so it pretty much is like a really nice representation of everything that's happening in independent music uh, in Bombay and going there always it seems to me like I'm always walking to a house party because everybody knows everyone and it's a sense of community and like bonding that you kind of uh, that is solely based on people's interest in music so that intrigues me very much and I quite like being in that atmosphere <laughs> so you call it Bombay and not Mumbai yeah I do tend to call it Bombay but yeah Bombay Mumbai is the same thing um, do you have a first memory of the city uh, yes, I do. I, in fact, moved uh, to Bombay in 2000 and uh, I just finished my schooling and I was supposed to go and look for a college. Uh, my parents uh, have pretty much inculcated a DIY attitude in me since I was young. So they didn't even bother trying to help me with the admissions. They said, okay, this is a college. Uh, this is where you need to go and the other papers. So go and figure it out. So I had no idea how to get there even. So I had heard a lot about the locals. And just climbed onto the Bombay local, the first one that came. Uh, and I remember it was my first ride on a local. 
and uh, it was damn completely 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 packed and i was to pretty be fascinated by the idea that everybody is hanging up the local outside the trains and that seemed pretty fascinating to me so kind of i hung out of a train the first train that i got the minute the train left the station it started pouring and uh, we crossed a huge sea bridge from like you know uh, washi to mankud and i was like so terrified yet so excited and i can you know that's probably one of my distinct journeys and uh, a lot of people i felt like they were going to fall but they were like you know people just holding on to you saying okay don't fall don't worry you'll reach the next station people and you can people holding you yeah i wasn't like cuz i was just paranoid i wasn't about to fall i was just a little paranoid that i will fall cuz it's the first thing but uh, everyone was damn accommodative and everyone was like don't stress you can get inside in the next station more people will get off and so for me that was like pretty mind blowing coming from a town that we only like you know went around on cycles and scooters to see this mass public transport system that kind of carries all kinds of people there were uncles there were like you know there were people going to their work there were so many college students and all of them packed in into one little box and trying to hold on to everyone and everyone's accommodating of everyone because they know everyone needs to get somewhere so that completely blew my mind i mean for me that was just an experience that i still carry with me these days that that i almost fell off a bridge on my first trip in bombay Did you know that there are about 10 people getting killed every day in the public transport? Absolutely, you know, I was at that time for me it was funny now or exciting even, you know, one of those things that I could brag to my friends about. Uh but yeah, I was young and stupid and uh, you know, now I really do but realize But everybody takes the train. It's I finally reached a point in my life that I don't take trains unless it's very necessary. Like uh even long distance though there's no better way to travel than trains because uh I mean I would rather not would not uh, meander through traffic so unless extremely necessary I don't really take the local trains anymore because my work and my house are fairly next to each other and uh, that's a privilege in Mumbai yeah I know and I've really worked hard towards the, to getting that uh, position in life what pisses you off in Mumbai what types of changes would you like to see in the city Man, I wish this this city and its manage and the people who run it valued the green spaces in the city more. I mean, this is the only city which has a national park within its own city limits, and uh, it kills me to see people not bother about that. In fact, I really think that's the only thing that's probably going to keep the city afloat and alive, uh, because it can't take the population that is coming. Like you know, people just stream into it. and eventually i have this massive fear that one day the city is going to implode on itself where where all infrastructure is going to break down and you know just going to be a domino effect and i just wish that people kind of respected um, nature cleanliness a little more in the city and uh, actually worked for the civic betterment uh my honest feeling about uh, how the city is run is that man this city is the financial capital of this country you can make money off everything even digging and redigging the road 10 times over so i just feel that people are just in it to make money in the city and nobody really cares about the city people talk about the spirit people talk about the pulse of bombay i don't really think there's a spirit and there's a pulse i think there's just like a compulsive need for people to earn and work and get on with their lives so i think it's kind of sad and it's not really the spirit because you know it's not the spirit of bombay that drives you to work after like you know a massive flooding it's not the spirit of bombay that drives you to like take the locals 
after like you know five bombs in them it's just the sheer necessity of making a living in the city you can't like afford to not do anything Mumbai is definitely a perfect example of how capitalism works today and one of its greatest faults is probably the fact that people become very individualistic that's why there's no civic awareness what makes mumbai special as opposed to other megalopolis cities is definitely the saturation of uh, people yeah it's it's logistically impossible i would really use that word it's logistically impossible to motivate and mobilize so many people towards one cause cause you know how much ever like for example you know people were mobilized towards the cause of beach cleaning and you know a lot of people clean the beaches and was so just beautiful and amazing to see like beaches that have been filthy for years the first time i could actually walk on it was really like you know i mean it's filled me with hope but i know this is the monsoon and uh, everything that we've thrown into the sea is going to the sea is going to throw it back to us and we are back to square one so you know it's no problem in the city has a solution that can you know will show itself right now because we are into deep into our own like the holes that we've dug and anything that will change will be over a period of time and years and you know i mean the only systemic change that can will change the thing is people's behavior and you that's and that's asking for too much in a city of so many people so the power would be in the hands of the population not in the hands of the government don't you think that the government is able to change things so that the city looks better i don't have faith in the government to change anything anymore i mean uh, i was an optimist about it uh, but i am not because uh, i mean i've grown older wiser and i know how it works so honestly i don't think so given a free will the government the bureaucracy of this city uh, is not going to be bothered to bring about like you know a big change in it all they are trying to do is to i mean uh, just infuse the spirit of capitalism in bombay with more roads more access more metros more buildings you know make like movement faster make movement right? faster so they are just facilitating economic development there is no thought about development to its people respect to its indigenous inhabitants and you know uh, respect to people having a space to breathe like having a a cultural angle to it there's absolutely none of it all the focus on building metros roads bigger roads and i feel this is all just like you know these are there's no planning these are just preventative measures you're like oh god uh, there are too many people and there are big traffic jams what to do build more flyers okay oh god there are too many people uh, they can't get from one end to the other what do we do okay let's build like you know a bigger road by the sea so that more people can tra- you know go there so that we can have more cars so that we can have like you know more development uh, so there's absolute it's time where i think we need to like finally start looking at a holistic view of the city because it's exploded because of the financial prowess it has and that is what attracts people to the city including me and i possibly can't think of any other city where i can make a living what i'm doing right now i can't think of doing that in any other city in uh, in this country sure uh, so is it safe to say that you're anti establishment this friend establishment yes for sure <laughs> uh and do, do you think that you and your peers eventually uh or in a position to influence social uh, we try we try every whatever day whatever your activity is i mean we try we try every day everything has a purpose we try to like uh, 
give something a meaning which is larger than just a show or a song and uh, i don't i i don't know how much of it is really affecting but i'd rather be happy knowing that we tried than like you know not tried at all and given up the whole thing okay i'll share some information with you Mm-hmm. You have created 4x4 experiences in 2017 together with your co-founder, yeah. Imanshu Vaspani. Yes. Your activity relates to providing access to growing subcultures. You can correct me on that. By organizing events, producing music, maybe theater, right. arts and dance uh, yes. festivals. Okay. You also offer consultancy and marketing services. Yes. For uh, brands, companies, artists. uh more so our consultancy lies in the fact uh, that we kind of help brands uh, create ips and uh, marketable properties in and around subcultures because we've kind of lived both sides as in we, i've been a brand and also been an agency so i kind of know uh where to cause i kind of know where to uh, balance things out and uh, we see uh, an increasing interest in brands and other uh, media agencies to trying to tap into subcultures and make something out of it but most people aren't a part of it so they don't really know what to do so we found an interesting niche to be a consultant in that space and that's worked out very well for us talk me through how you got to um, create for and for experiences for by for experiences with I mean four by four has its uh, genesis and its roots in something uh, called control all delete So uh, Control All Elite has been a non-profit uh, venture uh, run by me and Himanshu my partner since around 9 years now and uh, we've both been a part of jobs in the independent music industry I started my music career so to speak with OML Himanshu was with Rolling Stone and we did a bunch of other uh, then I went to MTV uh he then headed to bajao.com which was india's largest retailer of uh, musical instruments and musical gear so we've been in and around the music subculture like first as fans and then as uh, people working in it and uh, we started control all delete at that time uh, when we both were friends and we wanted to do something uh, that was against the grain of uh, how shows and how sponsors felt about independent music at that time and uh, we kept working together till eventually we kind of got tired of working for other people and we decided to like get into business together to you know do something that we believed in and run business our own way so control all delete is the largest crow uh, crowdfunding music festival in india or yeah, it uh, is. am i wrong yeah i don't see any other uh, <laughs> crowdfunded musical event even coming close to its legacy and the impact and the size and the scope of it And this year in March you reached the successful 11th edition. Yes. The venue is idyllic among mm. coconut and mango trees at Roaring Farm uh, somewhere in the north of Mumbai, yes. Malad West, yes. right? What's special about the information you provide on the festival is a full transparency of the profits that you're making and how they are distributed. Yes. Uh why is it so important for you? Is there a political motivation behind it? Do you want to make a point? What is it? So Control All Elite uh started at a time when we both were working in the music business for music producers and uh for different companies and production companies and uh we were we were always facing problems from either the venue saying that you can't allow this kind of music you can't allow this kind of crowd needs to be dressed well club rules apply yada yada can't be too loud can't be too aggressive he's swearing too much on stage 
brand is then the guys who are sponsored like no their image does not fit into our brand we are not political he cannot be taking us like musician cannot be taking a stand this is too loud and aggressive how is this even music like you know so we, we face all of these and we just and we just put our head down and you know ran through but there was this latent frustration because i mean uh, we both are fans of like i mean i'm a metalhead he likes grunge and all both are not really marketable genres of music as such in the country and uh, we came to a point where we decided to say that you know what like you know to hell with this uh we because we'd forgotten what it was to do a show and have a great time with friends i mean that's what we were in it for we aren't in this business because it makes us money or uh, it's the best like uh, the most financial financially viable option like i'm i've studied to be a marine engineer i mean that i sailed for 3 years that made me a whole lot of money than like this could ever make so we are in it for the reasons but i felt that we were forgetting why we were in it in the first place because we were just so caught up trying to do things and take off all the boxes that the sponsors or the venues wanted that we forgot what it was like to like you know why we did it in the first place because there was a time when the scene was not uh, cool people into independent music were not considered like you know cool and we were just like the slight uh, outlaws or uh, rejects so you were a, a true um, underground subculture yeah we i mean we didn't even know we were underground it was always there right you know it, it just we just never got noticed by anybody else and we didn't want to differentiate it as underground we were just really proud and happy about the fact that the few of us got it and you know nobody else did uh but that that is again we were young so like there is that idealism that really runs through it and eventually we did realize that there is no pride in just being small and unheard of because this i mean it's just self gratification that you got to move out of it sometime so we decided uh, to put this show up where we said like uh we'll take care of the sound we'll find a venue and uh we'll ask people to be a stakeholder in the gig so the idea was to start like you know we it started with a donation box that just pay what you want pay what you think that this band deserves pay what you think you can give and know that all this money is going to go to the bands so like if you are part of this you loved it then this is your chance to make it happen so it started eventually with just like you know four bands and a donation box eventually uh, grew into an idea about uh, starting crowdfunding online we were the first music project to be crowdfunded in this country uh, then uh, from there we moved on to starting our own crowdfunding website we got more and more into it because even that 10% commission saved used to go to the band and we at the very first decided that this will never be about making money this whole idea will succeed if we as control all lead the stakeholders never make any money from this the idea was that whatever money is raised uh, once the expenses of the show are paid it goes to all the artists who performed equally irrespective of whether they are big or small so we are trying to break a lot of myths in the indian music scene like this whole desire to be a headliner bigger band gets bigger things bigger band gets bigger money bigger band gets a green room smaller band gets to sit at the sound console so we we made a rule we have no green rooms we have no backstage everybody gets the same uh, amount of money and the idea was that if we could do it and hopefully it would inspire a bunch of people around the country to do it as well because i honestly feel um, you don't need to you do, this business is not rocket science all you need is a love for what you do basic common sense and integrity to like 
there is uh, nonetheless a lot of organization and logistical things to yeah, which think about and you have to master it because if yeah, even it's, yeah, it's practice but I don't yeah. think so like you know there's I mean it's not like uh, marine engineering where you have to know uh, the in and outs of, of marine engineering to actually be a marine engineer I mean here anybody can come and do it if they have the right vision the right desire and the right work ethic and the basic common sense of understanding of how this industry works so our idea with control already was to give that platform to people because when you go to our site you'll find accounts of all our shows and those accounts also contain what are the expense heads so if there if you're a kid organizer you want to do you can't find shows in your city to kind of promote the music that you want to do it here is how you can do it yourself and these are the things that you need to think of this is what it costs this is what you need to do to raise the money for it so it's like an old school democratic space yeah, where people can express the affiliation to yeah, this subculture to music or whatever and and maybe uh, embrace tolerance do you think tolerance is uh, uh, a particularity of, of people being part of this event yeah it I think it like you know it tells people to like embrace responsibility because you can't just be a fan and crib. You need to do something about it to like you know make what you want come true. And you know and you can either contribute in the way of like paying something for it or you know contributing your skills. For example, we have so many. It's a completely volunteer-run uh, festival. How many volunteers do you have? Uh, for this edition, we had sixty-four. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for this edition we had around 60-64. Um, a lot of people give, if not money, their time and skills. Like, you know, a lot of our vendors, not that even industry, they give their best gear because they want to showcase it. Now, so it's now come to a point where everybody who performs at Control or Delete like wants to showcase their best side because they know it's not for money. They know it's not somebody trying to make a buck. It's very pure. Like, you know, bands give their best performances. Like there's a sense of competition between each other. Everybody wants to do their best set. My vendors want to send their best sound because they want to showcase. Uh, we get the best sound engineers to come and do it for engineer it for free. Like you know, because that's all we ask. Either give us your time, money, or skill. That's all we ask for. And and between this combination, we can make it right and uh, and actually kind of put forth a business model that says that we can this industry can survive if people who love it are invested in it maybe mumbai is the perfect place to do this because you have the right context mm. and uh, uh, everybody wants to get here and be part of the uh, the experience if you have done it anywhere else maybe it wouldn't have worked as no much. actually we have done it once in pune and once in bangalore and it has worked but those have been small club scale shows uh, we were used to be a club based show till our ninth edition on a 10th edition we decided to like you know be a little over ambitious and put a festival uh, we kind of lost a little money on that uh, but it was so inspiring and people are so blown away by that that you know it they can actually be a music festival that is completely crowd funded like that idea kind of really pushed us to do another one and uh, we cracked it the second time so we're probably the only music festival in this country to break even in the second year i mean i've i've done music festivals all my life i know the math and i for and that's pretty amazing considering that we as a point take as a rule take no sponsors we take no sponsors no logos that's really amazing yeah so uh, uh, what's the role of the internet and social media in helping the event gain visibility everything's internet and social media right now like earlier used to flyer and stuff but uh, 
life is digital people consume content as they scroll through it and uh, everything we do in fact all of our marketing all our activity has kind of more and more m- moved on to the digital side than actual uh, flesh and bone marketing so and plus data so cheap in this country and everybody the whole world is investing in india even in terms of music because now content is going to like all the kids in the small towns so yeah definitely like that is what we all invest in i think it's uh, there's no other way out there's a way of the future and uh, you'd be kind of stupid not to be in there right now sure and you don't control the message anymore you put the information there you have a site a facebook page and then everybody contributes to it right with Absolutely. videos and uh posts and whatever and it becomes this is a crowdfunded huge event. yeah this crowd it's crowdfunded in the real sense like we uh because it's crowdfunded and people are accountable uh in through these years we've never spent a buck on paid marketing so everything is uh compulsorily uh word of mouth so all these small things that like you know like no every show we do we spend money on facebook we spend money on insta like goes and nothing we won't do it so we've tried to do everything uh in a way that's against the grain of how traditionally supposed to be done and uh, we're just glad that it works so it's for us it's a counterpoint it's an alternate to the system that we're all a part of and eventually maybe just come into this whole sharing and crowdfunded economy where people's free will will sustain an industry around us tell me do you think that people that want to be part of this event are just trying to reclaim their place as part of the mainstream culture looking to attract attention maybe signal what's wrong in society or on the other hand they're just there to create a microcosm a sort of an exclusive community where people can enjoy who they are in total opposition to uh, mainstream tendencies control all is definitely a community led exercise i mean uh, overall people there are together in it because they believe in what we do so there is that basic uh, uh understanding that okay we are trying to contribute or be a part of something that is against the grain of what's going on right now so by the by the very nature of its structure everybody who's associated either musically or even as a fan is a step away from the mainstream uh, obviously now with scale we are also getting a lot of like you know newcomers first timers I mean ironically who think it's just cool to be there because it's like you know all the cool kids are talking about it and you know they're like you know screw this mainstream we'll go to control all elite they don't advertise they do nothing they just about the music so I'm I'm definitely try- I'm getting more and more of the fringe crowd but eventually everybody is in it because they believe in something they believe they are contributing to something that's more than just a show that's just a gig that they are a part of like a system that's defeating the given uh, structure so it might be like a very small contribution from them and, and i understand it because not everybody can invest their life in trying to fight what it is but at least for that moment it gives them that joy and i really think that's what makes control all elite work sure uh, one last question for mm. you what are your hopes and expectations for the next generation of indians living in mumbai my hopes and expectations are that uh, they start being more outward bound and not inward the cities made us more and more and more and more bound and i don't blame them it's just a struggle to survive and i understand if you want to put all your energies in just making our life better but eventually it's never going to be sustainable i wish more and more people uh, be cognitive of what is happening around the city than just trying to make their way i just feel that i my biggest wish from the next generation is that everybody each and every one of them needs to 
devote a certain part of their life to stand or represent something that is bigger th- than their own dreams and their own desires so to focus on, on common beliefs yeah to focus on a c- building a community of people doing right things culturally art wise environmentally or via civics or even just like you know understanding uh, what needs to be done to fight how much how should i say uh, the cultural regressiveness that seems to be holding on to us uh, i mean most of the regressiveness that happens i believe is because the people who can fight it do nothing not cause there are more bad ones than good ones out there i just hope that we start being a little less indifferent and a little bit more concerned to whatever it is that uh, you want to believe in but just fight for something that's a little bit more bigger than yourself in your daily life thank you so much nikhil for being so generous with us and for accepting this conversation that i particularly enjoyed thank you so much pleasure is mine that's it for now i hope you appreciated the episode and if you want to learn more about the events organized by foreign for experiences follow them on facebook The next edition of Control Altility is probably going to take place in March 2020. Stay tuned to a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole every week.